chapter 6 and verse 1, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, Nicanor, I'm horrible with these names, Timon, Parmenas, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Their Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Thank you for your presence here again tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Number one, I want to talk about the purpose of a deacon. Why have a deacon? Now understand it does not matter what I think a deacon ought to be. It does not matter what I think why we ought to have deacons. My opinion does not matter. Deacons is a position ordained by God. God gave that position to the church. There's two offices within that church is the office of pastor and an office of a deacon. If God ordained it, then we need to look to God for the instruction. We need to look to him for what he desires. Look at number one, the purpose of a deacon. In verse one it said, And in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. 
In verse 2, Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. There were needs within the church. The preachers, if you will, were given to the word of God. They were going out sharing the gospel. They were getting the word of God out. In the midst of the church growing, there were physical problems that took place in the church. And the pastors found themselves giving themselves to the physical things of the church to the extent that it took them away from the spiritual side. They neglected the Word of God because of the physical stuff of the church. Now, the spiritual side is the most important part of a church. But when you get people together, there are physical things. We have obligations as a church family to help take care of one another. Pure religion is taking care of the widows uh, and, and the orphans. We have responsibility as God's people. When those responsibilities came up, they immediately looked to the preachers. You're the preacher, do the job. <laughs> You're the preacher, do the job. But what happened is when the preachers gave themselves to that, they neglected the Word of God. They were unable to be evangelistic. They were so called up with church members, they couldn't get out in the lost world and win souls. They couldn't get out and get the gospel out because of all of the business going on, physical things that needed to be handled within the church. And so this church was led, and I believe it wasn't this church that started this. I believe it was God that started this and ordained this. And he began in this church a position of deacon. The word deacon in the Greek means a servant, means a servant. And I'm going to say this, so many times we think that it's the pastor's job or the deacon's job. Let me tell you something, we're all servants of Christ. If we're saved by the blood of Jesus, each and every one of us needs to be a servant. Whether you have the title of deacon or pastor or you have no title, you are to be a servant. Brother Allen told me when I asked him about this, he, I said, what if this doesn't go through, Brother Allen? Is this going to hurt you? He said, listen, I don't need the title to serve the Lord. It's not going to change what I do for the Lord. Every one of us needs to serve the Lord. Every one of, one of us needs to give ourselves to God and to the local church, okay? And in this, this deacon job was created to take care of the physical well-being of the church. Let me tell you something. These deacons were not designed to come in and be dictators. They were not designed to come in and even handle the business of the church. The job of the deacon was to take care of the daily ministration of what was going on. The church people, the church is not the four walls. We're the church. The people's the church. It's those people that had needs and somebody there to meet that need. The pastors couldn't do it. And so they brought up these men to serve the tables, to be servants. That's all a deacon is, is a glorified servant, if you want to say that. A deacon is a servant of the Lord. And with that title holds that obligation that everybody ought to serve. But if there's anybody serving, it's those that carry that title. Amen? If there's anybody going to be there at Promised Land, if everything tears up and everybody jumps ship and they run off down the road, if anybody stays behind, it ought to be the deacons, okay? 
because they're the glorified, if you will, servants of the church. Let me tell you something. When things go wrong, when physical things are there within the church, it's the deacons that must make that step up to meet those needs. Notice this, that when this office was open, they fulfilled this office. Notice in verse 6 and in verse 7, verse 7, the word of God increased and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. When we use the office of deacon well, great things are going to take place. They had this office, they fulfilled this office, they used this office, and a lot of souls were saved because people got in their place and they worked and they served. Now I want to say this, I cannot do it by myself. I got two amens. I cannot do this by myself. It is not just my responsibility, it's all of our responsibility. It is the deacon's responsibility. It is all of our responsibility. And so many times I've heard it, well, the preacher can handle that. The preacher can handle that. The more of the physical things that I get on my plate, the more that I'm away from this. And at the end of the day, when the role of pastor gets busier, the role of the preacher decreases, and I cannot give myself to this, and so the more the deacons do their job, and the church does their job physically, the more that I can get in this. I love going to the hospital. I love this, and that's where I've built relationships. I've led so many people to the Lord on their deathbed in the hospital to witness to people in the waiting rooms. I love it. I love it. But you know, I could spend all day every day at that hospital in CrossFit. I could spend all day every day in Little Rock visiting folks. At the end of the day, we need help. Amen? And that's the problem in this early church. And so they called these deacons to fulfill this role. Now I want you to notice the qualifications. Look in verse 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, Seven men of honest report. Number one qualification, they had to be a man of honest report. They had to be honest. If we didn't think Brother Allen was honest, we would have never brought him up for this. They must be honest and trustworthy. Amen? Notice number two, full of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. This is not just a physical job. This is a spiritual job. And when people get saved, there are levels of spiritual maturity. A spiritually immature Christian does not need to be a deacon. Deacon role is fulfilled by a Christian that is spiritually mature. There's a level of spirituality that needs to be there. You say, well, who are you to judge? I'm not the judge. The Lord's the judge, okay? But let me tell you something, we will know them by their fruits. Amen? Isn't that what the Bible says? And understand that if we are going to ordain somebody as a deacon and somebody fulfill that role of a deacon, they need to be spiritually mature. You don't put spiritual, uh, spiritually immature babes in that position. Notice what it said, full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. Brother Allen, you full of wisdom? <laughs> he shook his head, no. I was going to say how honest he was. Full of wisdom. This is a man that is, seeks the wisdom. I don't believe the wisdom of man, but the wisdom of God. I don't think that this has anything to do with the wisdom of the world, but this has everything to do with the wisdom of this book. 
and the wisdom of the will of God. I want you to look with me in the book of 1 Timothy. Book of 1 Timothy, if you're with me, say amen. amen. The book of 1 Timothy. <clears throat> I lost my voice preaching this morning. I never got it back fully. So I'm trying to take it easy tonight. 1 Timothy chapter 3, we have qualifications of a pastor first. And then in verse 8, he begins the qualifications of a deacon. We mention those three things there in Acts. We go further. This is what us as, as the church should expect from our deacons. Uh, likewise, in verse 8, must the deacons be grave. Uh, these are men of integrity. Uh, these are men that are dedicated to the Lord and is bold, willing to step out and do the will of God. This is a man of morals. This is a man of character. Notice what he said, the deacons be grave, not double-tongued. Let me tell you something. We need a deacon that will tell you how it is. A deacon is somebody that won't go over here and tell this person one thing and run over here uh, and tell them another. A deacon is not a gossiper. A deacon is not a liar. A, a, a deacon is one that is not double-tongued but will shoot you straight. Uh, not given to much wine. Uh, now, we can dissect that all you want. <laughs> we can get on this. But I'm going to put it like this. Deacons... Church members, if you go down to Monroe, and I see you down there, and Brother Allen, if you got a beer on your table that you're eating for supper, you're going to lose your testimony. In this day, wine was used in a different way than it is today. And at the end of the day in the culture in which we live, if I see you down at the beer joint, you're going to lose your testimony. You can say it how you want to say it, but Brother Allen... Don't be given to much wine. I tell people all the time, preachers can't be given to any, but deacons can have a little bit. <laughs> but in the day in which we live, the culture in which we live, it's never good to be seen at El Chico with a margarita on your table. That's just how it is. You're going to lose your testimony. It's hard to witness to that waitress when she comes to the table and you're liquored up. Amen? You're just going to lose your testimony. Notice what he said, not given a much wine, not greedy, a filthy lucre. When you're a deacon, a lot of times, even in the first church, they were over the money. They were over distributing the things uh, among. You cannot be given a filthy lucre. Uh, a lot of times the deacons handle financial situations. As far as benevolence, the deacons handle the bene benevolence part. They cannot be given a filthy lucre. Okay, I've learned this, that in the church setting, it's easy to be put in that place of temptation. And when we select deacons, we are selecting men that we trust to put all of our, all of our money in their hands. And that we trust them with it. That they're not given a filthy lucre. That they're not going to give in to the temptation. Amen? We need men honest, able to handle these things. Notice in verse 9, holding the mystery of the faith and a pure conscience. That's a fancy way of saying doctrinally sound. Let me tell you something. What I have found in churches today, there are so many deacons that don't know this right here. And when I say doctrinally sound, I mean the doctrines of the Bible. We need deacons that are doctrinally sound. 
If there is ever men in our churches that is doctrinally sound, is there ever anybody that knows the Scripture, it's the deacons that ought to be giving themselves to the Scripture. Deacons need to have the knowledge of the Bible. They need to know the Word of God. And let me tell you something, the, ba the battles that we face is not physical but spiritual. How do you fight those battles with the sword? How do you use your sword if you don't know your sword? We need men willing to get the sword on their side and the trial in the other hand and get to work for the Lord. And you can't serve God if you don't know this right here. There needs to be a doctrinally sound individual that fulfills this role. Notice verse 10. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. When I was growing up, so often we would set deacons to the side. And we would set them to the side for six months. And when I went to Texas, uh, we had a man the church wanted to ordain. And I said, well, let's set them to the side. And one of the men said, well, why would you set them to the side? And I said, well, that's what you do. And he said, well, why do you do that? I said, because that's how we always done it. <laughs> That's how I always knew that you did. But notice what the Bible says, and let these also first be proved. If you set a man to the side to prove these qualifications, and you give him six months, well, sure he's going to put these on. You don't go find men that you hope they can put this on, and then give them six months to put it on. You find men that's already walking according to this. You find men that are giving themselves to this already. You want them fulfilling the role already. A title shouldn't change anything. A title shouldn't change your walk. It shouldn't change your wisdom. It shouldn't change anything about you. That will be the same person. When you look out and you find somebody, notice what he said, and let these also first be proved. Let them be proven first, then let them use the office of a deacon. Being found blameless. Being found blameless. This is hard and this is difficult. How do you really find a man that's blameless? These qualifications is given to mold us into what God wants us to be. Brother Allen, have you ever done anything where somebody can point a finger at you? You have. I have too. There's not a deacon in this church that has met all these qualifications. 100% every day of their life. But you know what? I'm the chiefest of sinners. Those top six, seven verses are for me. I can't keep these all day, every day I try. And so many times we get to the place, well, they messed up. Well, guess what? They're sinners just like you. Let me tell you something. This is set as a standard that we strive for. Are you always perfect? No. If you were, you wouldn't need Jesus. Okay? And to sit here and hold these deacons, well, they got to meet everyone every single day of the week. That's hypocritical. Huh. Amen. Amen? Come on, there ain't but one that meant this, and that's Jesus Christ. But we need men that are willing to set their life according to these standards to strive for this every single day of their life. Do I meet every qualification in verse 1 through verse 7? No, but I try every single day. And if I get to the place that I quit trying, then it's time for me to go. 
it's time for me to step down. When these deacons get to the place that they're not even trying to fulfill what God has called them to do, it's time for them to step down. Amen? This is what we're striving for. This is what we're striving for. How do you do this? How do you achieve this? By the grace of an almighty God. That's how we achieve this. Notice this next one. In verse 11, Miss Dana, this is for you. She smiled when I said verse 11. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderers, sober, faithful in all things. A deacon's wife needs to be by her husband serving the Lord together. The role of a deacon's wife, you say, well, well, what is it? A deacon's wife is a woman full of the Holy Spirit of God, giving themselves to the Lord and is as dedicated to God as her husband is. And I want you to know something. A deacon's wife needs to be somebody that is faithful and dedicated to God. That's what we need you to be, Miss Dana. We're not asking you to be perfect. We're asking you to give yourself to the Lord. And we're asking you of, of a great character. You already have that character. We're not asking you something you hadn't already achieved. But I'm telling you, if there's some women that really serve the Lord in this church, it ought to be the deacon's wives. If there's some women that you can set aside, it ought to be the deacon's wives. They ought to be that example. Notice what it said in verse 12. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children in their own houses well. You've got to have control of your home. That's difficult. <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Cathead. My goodness. That's tough to do. But if you can't maintain that home, how are you ever going to maintain the house of God? I'll never forget when I was 17 years old, acting like the devil. I messed up, and I messed up bad. My dad told me, he said, Well, son, i got to resign Sunday morning because of you. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. i got to resign because of you. How in the world can I go down there and tell that church how to live for Jesus, but I can't get my own kids to serve the Lord? I said, Daddy, don't resign. Oh, I'm going to resign. I think you're messing with me, but I don't know. But he was serious. And he said, my own family's out there acting like the world. How can I expect any other kids to serve the Lord when I can't even get my own to? Man, that hurt me. That cut me, and I never forgot it. And there's something to be said about a man that his kids are following the Lord and serving the Lord. There's something to be said. Are they going to be perfect? No. Are they going to mess up? Are they going to be unfaithful at times? Absolutely, because they're sinners just like your kids. Amen? But let me tell you something. A man that rules his own house well, that's hard. I skipped a part. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife. We argue, well, what does that mean? Is that one wife at a time? Is that one wife ever... The whole purpose of these qualifications is to set this man aside to be different than anybody else. You want that man and his family to be an example. It's a whole lot easier if he's never been married before. Fuss at me, disagree with me. But I believe it's better scripturally 
that if a man's going to hold this office that he's never been married before. Can he do it and been married before? That's between him and God. Can he achieve that? I don't know. But I know this, there's a whole lot less problems when he hadn't been married before. And that's what the Bible says. I know we can argue all night, but we're not going to do that. Notice verse 13. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Willing to work. Brother Allen, if there's ever anybody that's willing to do something, it ought to be you. If there's ever anybody that ought, willing to step up and help anybody, it ought to be you. And I want you to notice what it said. For they have used. God does not want you to fill this position. He wants you to use this position. Understand that God's not looking for men to fill the gaps. He's looking for men to use the gaps. We don't need to just fill the office. We need to use the office. And when the office is used well, and the deacons and the pastor and the church is doing what God's called them to do, that's when the church thrives. Do y'all believe in this? When we do this, and we do this well, that's when God blesses our efforts. You want God to prosper everything you've touched? You do it this way. We've been stepping out and doing this the last several months, and it's hard. But hadn't God blessed? And everywhere I turn, I see the blessings of God. I have cried and I have prayed for months. I didn't know what was going on. And I said, oh God, oh God, bless our church. God, save souls. And we, we just had so much going on. I didn't know what was going on. But I know in the last month or so, God's been blessing in a mighty way. And I know the only way God's going to bless is when we give our hearts to Him and we serve Him. And I'll tell you, in spite of us, He'll still bless us. Amen? Because that's how good God is. But you want to see a blessed church. Deacons, and I, I don't want to call anybody out, but I'm going to. Deacons, use the office. Don't just fill it. Teachers, don't just fill it. Use it. Take advantage of where you are. And you, if you're a deacon, you be the best deacon ever. If you're a Sunday school teacher, you be the best Sunday school teacher ever. I told Brother Trey the other day, I said, Brother Trey, we got one shot at this church deal. Let's go all the way with it. Let's be the best missionary, the best sending church. Let's be the best pastor ever. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. For His honor and His glory. If you're going to have the position, then use the position and use it wisely and use it for His honor and His glory.